welcome back to the Pinkerton Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Axton, the voice of college bowling, and we are in week 10 of the USBC college bowling season, and there's a lot to catch up. We had a lot of tournaments this past week, and it's a happy Thanksgiving as well as an upcoming Giving Tuesday. I'll talk about all these things and more as we look at rankings, seedings, predictions, and of course, results from this past week. So, like I always say, Let's get right into it. We're going to kick things off with the NCAA tournament. The first tournament being the ISTAP Hornet Classic. That tournament was won by the Florida A&M University women with a total score of 9,098, while 17 pins back was University of Alabama Birmingham. Alabama A&M was third, Alabama State fourth, Emmanuel University 5th, and Grambling State University in 6th. The ratio was 2 to 1, which is pretty interesting. You thought it would kind of be higher or lower. The format was 5 team games, 25 bigger games. I guess the biggest surprise is that Emmanuel not doing as well as you would think they would do. They do really good on the USBC side, but in this NCAA tournament, they were below the lowest. So we have to look out for them, but congratulations to Florida A&M, who could potentially be a new powerhouse in Alabama as well as in the Southeast United States. The next story was the AMCC round robin number one with William Smith College coming in first with a total score of 8,777, while St. Vincent College is only 31 pins behind. Then it drops to Alvernia University in third place, while New Jersey City University and Penn State Bird finish out your fourth and fifth. It was 50 Baker games, which seems like a lot, but over two days it could be pretty manageable. But still, nevertheless, it was quite a grind. For To put it in perspective, sectionals is 64 Baker games, so these teams had a lot to contend with. There are 11 teams in this event total. Like I said, William Smith College won, and so we'll be looking to see how they bounce back from this win as they didn't do good in some of their previous tournaments. But St. Vincent College doing well as well, and so I want to see how St. Vincent College does. They're kind of a mid-tier team that kind of floats around, but a second-place finish here could definitely put them in contention this year if they keep that train rolling. In Wisconsin, we had the CCIW NCAA event, where Mary University, Wisconsin finished first, while Carthage College finished second, Elmhurst third, Augustina fourth, Aurora fifth, and you know there was some other teams in there rounding out eight teams, four team games, fifteen bigger games for this event. Not much to speak of. Marion University, Wisconsin is a very strong team, and so you would kind of expect them to win. As with the gap in the field, I mean, second place was 150, 144 pins behind, while Elmhurst, who was in third, was 514 pins behind Mary University. So pretty much a route in that sense of the word. But congratulations to Mary University for basically doing what they're supposed to do and winning this event. Swooping to Virginia, this one was a real good event. We had the Hawk Classic, which Jacksonville State University gets the win with a total score of 
566, who beat Youngstown State, who is in second place, by 419 pins. That's a lot. Now, just to take it back, it was an event with six team games and 25 Baker games. So lots of bowling to be had, but you could just see the gap. In third place, you had Vanderbilt, who's been really good. They're on a tear, but they were six, 465 pins back. Louisiana Tech finishes fourth with a good finish. Duquesne finishing fifth. NCA and T making their presence known, though you would think they'd be kind of higher in that 2-3 range, but they finished sixth. Other notable names, Delaware State in eighth, Sacred Heart in ninth. St. Francis University, PA, finishes in 12th. Wisconsin-Whitewater in 14th. Maryland Eastern Shore, 15th. Burley Dickinson University, 16th. So you have some former champions in there as well. Lincoln Memorial trying to make a name for themselves. But this team event was definitely stacked and probably the tournament of the week for the NCAA. So good to see Shannon O'Keefe have a good showing with her brand new team. Most though those people are transfers as well as some recruits i guess but nevertheless they won they did their job they went out they beat a stacked division so congratulations to them the last ncaa event i'll talk about is the csu lady eagles invitational where Belican university won with a total score of 7440 and Belmont Abbey College, the women's team, finished second with a total score of 7,037. Kunstown University was only six pins behind Belmont Abbey to finish third, Molly University in fourth, Wagner in fifth. There's a total of 13 teams in this event. Uh, the ratio was 2-1. to one. Bowled on five team games and 15 Baker games, so pretty decent. A good size field. Congratulations to Felican University for coming in first, but also Belmont Abbey College for doing well on the ladies' side. You hear a lot about the men and how they're making a name for themselves, but the women have been doing another incredible job as well. Same with Kunstown University. They've been on the verge. They've been here and there, top five, top three sometimes, but now another top three finish definitely puts them in the mix for playoff slash postseason play. So, Finishing the NCAA events, let's head over to the USBC side of things. The first tournament we'll open with is the Oak Tree Open out in California. On the men's side, Arizona State University won this event with a total score of 7,207, beating Grand Canyon University by 28 pins. Third place was Arizona Christian University. Fourth place, University of California Davis. Then fifth place, Cal State Fresno. San Jose State was there, as well as two other California schools to make it an eight-person tournament. It was seven team games, no Baker games. Uh, it says the ratio is six to one, which is insane. Like That's very high. But nevertheless, that's what they bowled on. So congratulations to Arizona State, who's been traditionally a decent program. On the JV side for the men, Grand Canyon, JV, one with a total score of 6,787, while Arizona State's JV1 finished second. Cal Fresno finished third. Fourth, fifth, and sixth were just miles behind, so not even worth mentioning. But again, same format, seven team games on six to one. There weren't any 
women's teams there at that tournament, but we move into some conference play with the Ohio Bowling Conference. Muskegon in Doug Smith's Fighting Muskies finished first with a total score of 7,937, beating UNOH by over 200 pins. Same with Robert Morris University, who finished third. Coach Mikolenko out there trying to keep his program in the top 30, top 40. Thomas More University also had a good showing. They finished fourth. St. Vincent College from Pennsylvania finished fifth. The Ohio State University finished sixth, while Shawnee State, Walsh, Indiana University, and University of Rio Grande rounded out your top 10. Indiana University, great program. They're a club, but they're in the Big Ten. That conference is kind of growing, so we can see that growing on the men's side. You also had teams like Kent State, Cincinnati, and Tiffin in there as well to round out the top 18. Lane conditions were 1.9, basically 2 to 1, with games bold being 5 team games, 12 Baker games, short, sweet, one day. That's how the Ohio Bowling Conference likes to do it. So everybody can come in one day, save on hotel. Very attractive for kind of lower budget programs. On the women's side, you had Wright State University finishing first with a total score of 6,937, while Ohio State finished second, which is very surprising, but congratulations to them with a total score of 6,620. Even though they did have a difference of 300 pins, Ohio State did make sure that they were in contention most of the time. Muskegon finishing third, Shawnee State finishing fourth, University of Rio Grande with a strong fifth place finish. Other notable names being Walsh UNOH finishing sixth, seventh, RMU PA finishing eighth, and then Tiffin in eleventh. But again, there were 18 teams on the women's side as well, so congratulations to them. On the JV division for the men, UNOH just plowed through most of the field leading by over 300 pins. Ohio State's JV1 finished second, Rio Grande in third, Muskegon fourth, and RMU in fifth out of the 12-person field. Congratulations to them and their hard work. Also, Wright State's JV women's team came in first, beating the field by over 500 pins, not even very close. It was just consistency, consistency, consistency from Wright State, and it showed in the scores, but also their attitude, as you could see them bowl. It was just fantastic to watch them that day and knowing that they're trying to make a name for themselves. Even though they're on the JV squad trying to break through that varsity level, they can still deliver when it counts for them. So that's it for the Ohio Bowling Conference. Let's move on to the Tiger Cup up in New York. Taking a look at the Tiger Cup, it was Erie Community College who won the men's portion with a total score of 6,420, while Rochester Institute of Technology finished second with a total score of 6,284. Third place was New Jersey Institute of Technology, a pretty good program, finishing just below them with a total score of 6,266, while surprisingly, William Patterson fell to fourth place, and it was State University, New York, Stony Brook, who is in fifth. There were 10 people in this field. They bowled 
six team games, five bigger games. So just basically one set. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a one-day tournament as well. For the women's side, it was just Roberts Wesleyan College and Erie Community College. So congratulations to Robert Wesleyan for winning. And congratulations to Erie Community College, who continues to be a powerhouse in the junior college division. Then going to the Brick City Classic, William Patterson won with a total score of 6,636, while Rochester Institute was 210 pins behind them. And then a big drop-off of 719 pins for Stony Brook. So again, William Patterson bouncing back after a fourth-place finish to kind of regain their lead, while Erie Community College on this day for the men's side fell to fifth place, so kind of a good day for them, but they weren't able to sustain that success. For the women, it was Robert Wesleyan again. They beat up Erie Community College by over 900 pins, so congratulations to them again. Though it was only two teams in the event. Again, for this one, it was 14 games and 15 Baker games, so a little bit more of the Baker portion, but a lot of teams getting those team match games as well as those big games for those teams up in New York. For the Floria Financial Services Open, Arizona Christian finished first with a total score of 6,754. Grand Canyon with a second place finish. They've been good this year. They've been one of the top club programs in the nation, been peaking into the top 25 for a long time. Arizona State, always historically pretty decent. San Jose State, from where the Tang brothers attended, doing okay in fourth place, kind of middle of the pack. But in this kind of field with only eight teams, you know, you really need to be first or second in order to get, like, a lot of the points for the power ranking. So fourth place just really isn't going to cut it. They bowled five team games, ten bigger games. This was part of another kind of series of two-day tournaments, one on one day, another on another day. They're really getting these clubs and teams that aren't necessarily the most funded a chance to bowl consecutive tournaments at one location. This translated to the Oak Tree Open, where Arizona State men won with a total score of 7,207. They bowled seven team games, so lots of bowling to be had. But Grand Canyon University was only 28 pins behind for a second place finish. Arizona Christian finished third, while Cal Davis finished fourth, and Cal State Fresno finished fifth out of the eight person field. For the women's side, it was just San Jose State for both tournaments, so they just bowled basically against themselves. One of the better tournaments of this past couple of weeks is the NAIA 
Invitational, where a lot of the NAIA schools go and bowl. So you had teams like Concordia, St. Xavier, and Pikeville, who were the 1, 2, and 3 of the tournament. Concordia being first, beating out St. Xavier by 56 pins. You had University of St. Francis, Illinois in there, which has been doing pretty good. Grandview University doing okay. You got Midland in there, Hastings College in ninth, Midway in 10th. You know, some teams like Culver Stockton not doing as well as they would have liked. And, of course, Missouri Valley College in 13th. Again, five team games, 20 big games, pretty standard. Ratio was a little high with 2-2-1, two to two to one, but not much else to be said on that front. But the Pikeville women did amazing. They were 700 pins ahead of second place, which was University of St. Francis, Illinois. St. Xavier was eight, basically 900 pins behind first. Midway in fourth, William Penn in fifth to close out the 13-person field for the NAI Invitational. So the NAI team race, if you will, is heating up. I mean, you used to have teams like Tennessee Southern in there. Uh, Weber is classified as an NAIA team as well. So you can definitely see those kind of teams trying to make a run at the championship for the NAIA division. Closing out this USBC section of the podcast, we have the Falcon Classic, which was the men's side for Spring Arbor University. They won with a total score of 8,069, which is 89 pins ahead of Bowling Green State University. Rochester University finished third, Indiana Wesleyan in fourth, Michigan State in fifth. Really, this was Spring Arbor doing what they need to do. They're usually a top 50, kind of top 45 team. So seeing what they can do, they have a lovely facility up there at the Jack 60. So can't wait to see what they do the rest of the season. Though they really haven't had a breakout year in the past. They've kind of just been hovering, kind of been good. So we'll see if they can kind of break through that glass ceiling. On the women's side, Spring Arbor won just by two points over Indiana Institute of Technology for the first place finish. Lourdes University, 19 pins out of first. Then it was a total drop off. Alma College being fourth place, 200 plus pins behind first. Nothing else worth mentioning out of the 10 person field. Five team games, 12 bigger games. Conditions, three and a half to one. That's a lot of oil, so scores were pretty high on that front. But the tournament of the week was, of course, the Tier 1, which were the National Collegiate Team Match Games. On the women's side, Mount Mercy University won with a total score of 8,568, beating Lindenwood, who just recently got promoted to Division One status by 90 pins. They beat Wichita by 110 pins. Wichita finished third. Trine, the Trine women making a strong case for themselves on the national stage with a fourth place finish over McKendry, who was in fifth, St. Ambrose in sixth, William Woods. They just got a new coach who has been doing great things, who came in seventh, Coe College in eighth, Kentucky Wesley in ninth, 
and Rock Valley College in 10th, one of the premier uh, junior colleges as well. 3-1 to ratio, 5 team games, 20 Baker games. For the women, pretty impressive stuff. On the men's side, Wichita State captured another Tier 1 victory, and they were ahead from the beginning to end. They won with a total score of 9,520, 400 pins ahead of second place. Newman University, the Jets are making a name for themselves. They've been kind of down, but now they're flying back up, as they would say. So good to see them kind of get their feet wet, make us great example of themselves on the national stage. Wisconsin Whitewater staying in the mix for the third place finish. The McKendree men bouncing back in fourth place. They have had probably a lackluster season, not the season they've been wanting in 2023-2024, but they're trying to make a case for themselves. Lindenwood finished fifth, St. Ambrose sixth, Mount Mercy seventh place finish, so Nazarene eighth, and you can see a couple other teams in here like Davenport finishing 11th, Rock Valley in 12th, Trine with kind of a lower finish in 13th, Purdue, one of the favorites to win the Big Ten Championship in 14th. They have some other colleges in there out of the 26-person field. It's five team games, 20 Baker games, so congratulations to them. But with all that being said, there's lots of moving and shaking, so let's go see how those affect the rankings. There were so many good tournaments this week, and there's going to be a lot of tournaments happening next week. we got the Big Ten Championship, as well as a lot of other tournaments that are going to decide and have some big impact on the rankings. And so next week, we'll look at those tournaments. But as for this week, that's all I got. So I'll leave you all with this. The levels of success are good, better, best. So never let it rest till you're better than the best. See you all next week. Mm-hmm.